We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another edition of Dynasty Cast on Run of His Radio, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network and our friends over at Underdog Fantasy, your home for best ball, pick 'em, and more. Week seven is in the B O O K S in the books, and I am joined on this lovely morning by the one and only Dan Senio. How are you, Dan? How, how did week seven treat you? Uh, well, week seven was interesting. A, a lot of uh, some. Some trade chaos, some injury chaos, some fantasy chaos, because why couldn't it just be a normal week? Uh, those those bye weeks are creeping into us now, and we're starting to get into the real teams that have real players that we need for our fantasy team. So those, those bye week fillers are uh, relevant now more than ever. But yeah, I, I mean, for uh, as far as week sevens go, it was pretty chaotic as far as I can remember. Uh, as far as years past go, but here we are looking forward to week eight, still one undefeated roster, uh, on, on the ledger. I'll take it, but, uh, a, a lot of losses in the other columns. <laughs> yep. That'll happen in the middle of week seven with bye weeks and all those things coming up. So today let's talk about a little bit. We'll start with some RV round table, and then we'll end the show with some quarterback controversy. So first we have Brees Hall, uh, Apparently, according to my Twitter, uh, Brees Hall was like the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> people have decided people have gone from saying you can't win in fantasy football without a running back to saying you shouldn't even draft a running back in Dynasty in like eight seconds. And all it took was a Brees Hall ACL injury out for the season. Um, if, 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 if the Brees Hall injury is, is causing this shift in RB value, I'm going to be sending out many Brees Hall offers in my fantasy leagues right now. I'm very much a, a buy injury guy, especially in leagues where I'm, you know, building, rebuilding, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't even think you have to be rebuilding to, to make a Brees Hall trade. Um, I think it's going to cost you like a one productive running back. I don't think it's going to cost you, you know, three firsts like it would have, you know, last week, essentially. So 
I think the buy, uh, the, the injury discount is going to be fair, fairly, you know, significant for Brees Hall. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to pounce on that because the, the crazy thing is that typically when you have like a season ending injury, yes, I know we're still relatively early, you know, seven weeks in, but theoretically, with the Brees Hall injury, it, it happened early enough that he should be good to go for week one. And it didn't happen late enough or it didn't happen early enough where he didn't produce. He produced, you know, six weeks of fantasy production for you. So he gave you early season production. He's only going to miss basically half a season. So I am buying Brees Hall if the injury discount is what I think it is. Well, and to go back to your point about the the straw that broke the camel's back, I mean, we'd kind of been talking a little bit uh, in the last few weeks about how the the running back uh, group has kind of shifted back to the, well, we don't really have any, we, we still have the elite backs, just we're lacking the elite production. I mean, you still have uh, some of the top heavy guys that are still your bell cow backs, but there really aren't the bell cow situations anymore outside of a couple of spots. And Brees Hall was turning into one of those. So uh, Nathan, I'm 100% on board with you. I, I don't think there's a situation on any fantasy team where I'm not looking to make a move to get Brees Hall unless it's going to compromise my chances at a at a title by having to give up, you know, like a say a Jonathan Taylor, a Saquon Barkley, or even, you know, it, it might be tough to if you only have one bell cow back and the rest of your running backs on your roster are are tough to look at, having to move off of I mean, I would still trade Delvin Cook for him every single day of the week, or you know, Christian McCaffrey. You know, those second contract running backs are probably going to be who you're gonna have to move to get Brees along with maybe a touch more if the team that has Brees is contending. So, and this was the one I am pondering because I I have Damian Pierce in a number of leagues. How much on top of Damian Pierce is going to cost for Brees? Is it that much right now? I think it would have to be at least like a mid first. Really? uh, I I think, but see that there's, there's, I think there's a huge gap between Damian Pierce and, and Brees Hall, I I don't see them as even in the same. I mean, same I, I, I agree. Like, that there should there should be a mid first gap between the two. I just wasn't expecting if I was going to make an offer of Damian Pierce plus a piece, I didn't expect it would need to be that that high of a piece. See, that could just be me being lower on Damian Pierce. I don't I don't have him in that mm-hmm. in that you know group quite yet. Uh, one that I was kind of thinking of, and and a guy that I've definitely turned around on, and a guy you've always been a big fan of was deandre swift who seemingly can't stay healthy do you make a a, you know a move like that where you're especially if you're a team that's maybe out of it looking to get a Brees hall because i think for the foreseeable future and they may be close but i'm gonna have Brees in front of deandre swift pretty pretty easily yeah i mean i i'm a big swift guy so i and and last time clearly rebuilding and like like, you know, sooner rather than later, Swift's going to become a, a second contract running back. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I'm only I would only make a Swift for Hall type move if I am super rebuilding. I'm not going to be competing anytime soon. Um, but Swift is still young enough that, you know, he, that's not necessarily a move I want to make. Um, moving to to James Robinson, he, he's been a, a redraft favorite of mine during this process because I, I, I did think we were. I think in, in Dynasty, we were overvaluing James Robinson in the Jaguars offense versus ETN. And I think in Redraft, it was the opposite, that we were undervaluing the immediate impact of James Robinson in that Jaguars offense. And in the first few weeks, it showed that James Robinson was the RB1 for that team. And then 
as and I, I talked about it with, with uh, Rondell Moore, I think it was last week or the week, week before, we talked about it with ETN a little bit throughout the season, that it didn't seem like he quite had everything right in that, you know, movement and all these different things, like, um, at the second level, with, at, the, in the, at the NFL level. But in week seven, looking at Travis ETN, that dude is an NFL running back. And so... The Jaguars saw what they needed to see from from ETN to to let James Robinson go. I was actually a little bit surprised. I know running backs have minimal value, low draft capital for Robinson, yada yada. I was surprised that he was worth a sixth slash maybe a conditional fifth. Yeah, well, starting back with with ETN, I mean, we a lot of people seem to forget really quickly that this is his rookie season. You know, he didn't play. Uh, last year and, and James Robinson obviously did and, and did some nice things and we knew James Robinson was capable and I think he's going to help the Jets obviously the, the gap between Brees Hall and James Robinson is is fairly massive and clearly they don't have any faith in Michael Carter or they wouldn't have made a move like this so I would anticipate James Robinson stepping in right away uh even though that they they had to give up very little to get him, uh, in in my opinion, I mean a six round pick with potential to be a fifth, to me for a starting running back is is still not much. So uh, I and and it's, it's for a starting running back for a team that knows they need a starting running back. Cause yes, as much as much as I like Zach Wilson, they've won four in a row, and Zach Wilson has had zero to do with those four wins. Yeah, I, I mean, you can make the argument that they should put Joe Flacco back in. He was he had one bad game, but he he turned up on a couple of decent defenses, and and yeah, now we've we've seen really how mediocre Zach Wilson is, and and we'll talk about that a little bit in QB corner. But uh, yeah, I think I think James Robinson, outside of maybe Week Eight, will be. I mean, their RB one. He'll be getting the bulk of the work. I think Michael Carter will still get some of the passing down work. Um, th- this may be like a, a an RB one A RB one or RB one B situation where Carter's getting all of the passing downs and Robinson's getting all of the carries. Uh, that to me would make a, a kind of sense as a balance. But James and Robinson the, and the, is probably and the Jets just as good. Gonna, and the Jets aren't going to pass enough for a passing down back to matter. So James Robinson, once he gets his feet in this offense, he's going to be like a sixteen carry, two target type guy. Yeah, the the one maybe downside, and obviously the Jets lost Mackay Becton early. Uh, they also lose uh, Elijah Vera Tucker this week, which, uh, you know, that, that doesn't exactly bode well for any part of the offense, losing essentially your two main pieces on that offensive line. So it, it will see what it looks like going forward. Uh, they're, I'm, they're, they're, they're rumored to be in on Tunsil. And that would make a lot of sense. I mean, that's a, a pretty straightforward fill-in. Um yeah, I, I I still think James Robinson is going to carry a decent amount of value. Uh, obviously, it's kind of short term, just like how we thought it was short term last time, though. Uh, there's always a possibility that he moves on again and finds another team to just, you know, th- this could be our new LeGarrette Blunt, it, it, if you want to call it that. He just shows up and scores points. He's going to do that pretty much no matter what. Nobody thought he was going to do it before. He did it. He started to do it this year, and then ETN took over, so... Um, I, I still like him. Obviously, he, he can't be very expensive because we are going to get Brees Hall back at the beginning of next year, and I would still anticipate James Robinson being a New York Jet at that point. So this backfield could be stacked, or they could, you know, just swap him again once they know that Brees is healthy. Is is he is he not a pending FA? Uh, I thought he still had one more year. Does he not? 
Well, he's a UDFA, and what year is this contract is he on? I, I'd assume he's going to be an RFA. Okay. Uh, well, then uh, that makes more sense. I mean, I'm th- I'm sure somebody then will uh, either just throw like a min offer out and and lose a a fifth round pick or a sixth round pick or whatever it happens to be to get to get James Robinson because that's probably what they'd have to do to to trade for him anyways. Yep. All right, let's move on to so we we touched a little bit on on ETN. Um, so where are we at with him? I I, I do think that. With the the state of the running back landscape, in the next two to three weeks, ETN could rock it up to the top five running back. I think he's already there. I'm not yeah. even. Uh, I I loved him so much at Clemson. Uh, the the injury and James Robinson scared me off of having him ranked super high. Obviously, they thought that the talent was always going to be there. We just hadn't seen it yet. Now we're seeing it. So I'm I'm fairly bullish on ETN, uh, and I, I would I would put him up there in that top five. Not too far behind Brees Hall, uh, even with Brees missing time. You know, you have your Jonathan Taylor. Uh, a lot of people want to put Saquon up there. I think he probably deserves uh, a spot up there as well. I know you got Bijan coming in, and people are like, oh, well, he's our new RB1. Well, he's not here yet, so we <laughs> we can't talk about him. But I, I like you said, the the, the landscape is is interesting, and, and given that we kind of know ETN's going to be locked in for a work a bell cow position i mean it's hard not to have him top five i mean yeah kenneth walker making some some noise here lately he's probably getting up there so all of these young backs are starting to make some noise and you know unfortunately it's a lot of the times pretty short-lived but etn for me if he continues to do what we're seeing there's no reason he won't be top three by the end of the season yeah i mean looking at it you know, we, we had the discussion about Swift a little bit. Um, I don't really see anybody that I can definitively say is, be- is a better dynasty running back than ETN after Taylor Swift. Uh, Taylor Swift? Yes. Uh, Midnight's streaming on Spotify. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm plugging Taylor Swift right now. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think that those two are still top tier. Um, I know you aren't as bullish as, as on Swift as I am, but when he's on the field, he is absolutely electric. Um, and then look after them, you have, you know, the, the battle of the rookies with, with Brees, the semi semi rookie with ETN, and then, of course, Kenneth Walker. Um, so let's move on to him. Uh, he is rocketing up the rankings. Part of his initial like short term, you know, worries was the presence of the Penny. Penny had a huge 2021 season and was playing well in 2022. Now he's out for the season and Kenneth Walker has taken that RB1 mantle and has played well with it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people pretty bullish. I I was thinking, you know, early on, I I had Walker kind of right there uh, with Brees, and and I said that that you could make the argument to put him up there, depending on Rashad Penny. But I I don't, I guess I don't think I, I wasn't prepared for this three game stretch that he's had. I mean, obviously the game against New Orleans, uh, it was just kind of one big play, but against Arizona and now against the Chargers, uh, he's shown some consistency and not only real explosiveness, but also some balance, you know, between the tackles, he's looked pretty darn good. I'd like to see him be more involved in the passing game, uh, but I'll take a few targets each game as, you know, Geno Smith has has been doing some things, so that that's going to help Kenneth Walker too here in the short term while Geno is, is still playing at, at uh, you know, above average level. Yeah, that, that'll that's... only help. 
that's the other part of the Walker evaluation is that you kind of assumed, okay, this is Kenneth Walker. He's going to split with Penny. And we don't know how good this offense is going to be. It's probably going to be very bad. And in fact, it's not been very bad. Um, so it, in the the performance of Russell Wilson, and the performance of Geno Smith is showing like, as much as I have like been calling for the firing of, of Pete Carroll for the last four years, <laughs> like maybe it's not Pete Carroll's fault. Maybe it was Russell Wilson's fault this whole time. It's possible. It's definitely possible. We're seeing that linger a bit in Denver. So, uh, yeah, I, I, Kenneth Walker, you know, 22, Brees Hall, 21, Jonathan Taylor, 23, DeAndre Swift, 23, ETN, I still think is 22. Uh, just this land, this top end landscape, this top heavy portion of running backs is is looking fairly promising. We just, you know, we need to hope for health. And, you know, all these second contract running backs now that are just behind these guys are looking like they're going to be a little bit more of a value in dynasty for those contender type teams. Whereas these young guys are, are going to get, I think unattainable pretty quickly outside of maybe Brees because of the injuries or because of the injury and, and Swift because of his kind of lingering stuff. I think those two are really the only ones you could genuinely go out and buy right now for a, a normal fee. Whereas I don't think you can purchase Taylor even with his struggles slash injuries. I don't think you can get into Saquon because the people that held on to Saquon for this whole time are are the Saquon guys. And I think ETN's resurgence and the move of James Robinson, it would be tough to to find a, a deal to get him where you're not just vastly overpaying. All right, let's move on to the player who was traded at, towards the end of last week. Got a little bit of playing time in his first week in red and gold. Christian McCaffrey traded for a second, third, fourth, fifth, almost a whole draft class for a second contract running back in Christian McCaffrey going from Carolina to San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan is allergic to draft picks. Um, what are our thoughts on this move for both the Niners offense and McCaffrey? Well, I mean, if there was ever a match made in heaven, it's McCaffrey and Shanahan in that offense. But we need Jimmy Garoppolo, number one, to be slightly more than a game manager. We need Debo to be healthy. And we also need Christian McCaffrey to be healthy. Yes, it was a short week uh, for him, especially because of the trade. He gets there. He knows about seven plays, it seemed like. uh, and, And that was kind of his usage. I would imagine that because of... Jimmy Garoppolo's limitations as a quarterback that this offense will kind of re, like return to being run through the running back position. I think McCaffrey is going to be run into the earth's crust. He's going to have a bajillion targets. He's going to carry the ball way too many times. I think he was already leading the league in carries, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and I don't really see that changing. Yeah, so aside from from it being an NFL overpay for the 49ers, I I think it's an interesting move. I think it's more so, like, if we're going future-future, like, McCaffrey and Lance, like, if that can get cooking, that is a very exciting fantasy offense. Um, but short-term with McCaffrey, I think it's he, he's going to continue to get a, a, a ton of carries. I think the, the uh, someone who gets hurt by this is probably Debo Samuel. Because how much need is there for Debo Samuel carries if Christian McCaffrey's in the backfield? There's not going to be much. So um, 
I think that a lot of the short yardage stuff that Debo got before is just going to go into the McCaffrey zone. That doesn't now that doesn't mean I'm going to be selling Debo Samuel by any means. And if people are like, "Oh, Debo Samuel loses a ton of value from this trade," then I'm I'm going I I'm most apt to go after Debo Samuel because he's still going to be a threat at the wide receiver position. Um, but I do think he is the one who is the most hurt by this trade. Um, and McCaffrey, like it's it's hard for people to say like this is a huge up- like yes the Shanahan offense is an upgrade, but it's not an upgrade in the manner of Shanahan's always going to be the guy who uses a ton of different players. And it, I don't, I, I think the, the, the volume is going to have a tick down for McCaffrey just, just from a Shanahan perspective alone. Yeah. I mean, they do. I mean, they do have more weapons than, than Carolina had not by a, a crazy margin, but you know, you add the Debo factor who I, I would imagine, even though he'll probably lose some carries, he may gain a couple of targets off of it by not having to line up in the backfield constantly. Uh, I It's probably a positive for the receiving core because now the defense has to watch Christian McCaffrey, whereas before it was they can really focus on the wide receivers and George Kittle and take those guys away. But this I mean, this skill position group is is pretty darn special. So if, if Jimmy Garoppolo can at least be average. I think you're looking at an offense that that's going to be pretty darn scary for the remainder. And uh, obviously, if if next year Lance comes back and he can live up to any of the potential, which I don't think is possible. But if he can, uh, you're looking at probably a top three to five offense in the league, uh, something that would probably be up there with your Josh Allen led Bills and your Patrick Mahomes led Chiefs. I, I just I don't think Lance is that guy, but. I would love to be proven wrong because that would be a, a lot of fun to watch. All right, let's move on to some backfield mania. We have uh, New England with Ramondre Stevenson clearly overtaking Damian Harris. Either that or Damian Harris is still very hurt, one of the two. Um, Kansas City is an absolute mess. They, they quote-unquote, started Isaiah Pacheco. Not much going on in that backfield. Carolina Panthers uh, – ran all over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with both Deontay Foreman and um, who's the other one, Chuba Hubbard. And then the Denver backfield, I don't even know what's happening in that backfield. <laughs> um, I'll start with, with Carolina here. I, I was a little bit surprised that Chuba Hubbard was the quote unquote, like RB one. Um, I was expecting Foreman to get the bulk of the carries. It seemed like Hubbard was getting the bulk of the carries and Foreman kind of closed the game out. Uh, so I, I think Foreman's the much better running back as is. And so I, I don't know how much that matters, but I think that, you know, if I'm putting my chips on one guy being the RB1 the rest of the season, it is Foreman. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Chuba got hurt because um, uh, I, I think he went out and didn't come back in. And that's why Foreman kind of took over and just dominated the touches. But I, I do think you're right. I, it's kind of weird that we circle back five years later and now uh, Dante Foreman is is looking like, kind of who we thought he may have been when Houston drafted him out of uh, Texas back in the day. Um, yeah, nice showing against a, what should be a strong Buccaneers defense. And that team is, I don't know what is going on there. But yeah, Carolina is interesting. I, I, you know, going way back, I, I did say that this was a possibility, Nathan, that Christian McCaffrey would be out of Carolina and Chuba Hubbard could potentially be the RB1 here. Uh, now it's looking like maybe Dante Foreman's going to do it if, if Hubbard's not healthy or they're just splitting the work. But CMC is is out of town. Uh, I don't know that I'm putting many chips in any basket here or, or on anyone's table because, I mean, P.J. Walker, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, 
Uh, I feel terribly for DJ Moore, but uh, this, hey, he, this may he be showed a up this week, though. He, he, he did a, he show up. PJ Walker played well. It'd be nice to see that continue. Uh, this is just probably a mostly a void for me unless I can get DJ Moore at a, at a decent price. Obviously, I know we're talking about the running backs, but uh, I don't I don't love either one of them. I think the the most interesting one here, obviously outside of New England, because those running backs are actually good, is the Kansas City one because Isaiah Pacheco got the start, Jarek McKinnon led the team in snaps, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire got the touchdown. This might become an avoid, even though historically the Andy Reid running back is what we chase. Uh, I don't think any of these guys are very good, but altogether they make someone that's functional, I think. So are we in, out otherwise on Kansas City? Yeah, I mean, I, I the only thing I'm in on is that as, as CEH gets cheaper, the more and more likely I'm going to acquire more shares of him. First round, cab draft capital, yada, yada. And... I don't even like it's it's messed up. I think that if if Clyde Edwards Alaire was a third round NFL draft pick, he, he would be perceived as a good NFL running back. The only reason why Clyde Edwards Alaire is perceived the way he is is because he was expected to be some top five running back. He was never going to be a top five running back. He just happened to be going in the first round to a Patrick Mahomes led offense. If you have your and it, it, it's it's similar to the conversation I had about Stevenson and Harris. A few weeks ago, if you have your expectations aligned correctly, then you're going to be satisfied with Clyde Edwards Alaire. I'm not sure what the deal with the starting Pacheco thing is. He stinks. Um, <laughs> He's bad. <laughs> so uh, the the cheaper my, my stance on the Kansas City backfield is the cheaper that Edwards Alaire gets, the more likely I'm going to get, you know, more shares. Well, Isaiah Pacheco might stink. Clyde Edwards Miller might be very mediocre. Jarek McKinnon's still one of my favorite players of all time. But you know who doesn't stink, Nathan? Underdogfantasy.com. Your home for best ball. Your home for pickums. Your home for three teams, six team battle royales. Whatever you want to do, whatever sport you want to play, Nathan, Underdog has you covered. And I got to tell you, I had fun this week. But last night I, I played, I did a little bit of the Chicago game. I thought, you know what? Justin Fields is going to be running all over the place, running for his life. And it ran his way to a victory. And he ran his way to a victory for me. Nathan, tell them, tell them how they can get some free money. Free money. Um, well, you can listen to my fans. No, don't do that. Um, <laughs> you can go to Undrog. Undrog Fantasy, promo code ROTOVIZ. R-O-T-O-V-I-Z. 100, not 99%, not 98%. 100% deposit match. You put in $100, they will spit $100 of free play right back at you, Dan Senyo. That's right. Up to $100 of free money that they will match on your very first deposit. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code RotoViz. Underdog, we love you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Now let's get into some quarterback talk. We have Justin Her- Justin Herbert is very good for fantasy. For the NFL, I, this is a QB wins argument, and the Chargers have been an absolute mess of a franchise during Justin Herbert's career. But it's so interesting that Herbert, you know, the national media, yada, yada, has been vaulted into the, you know, Mahomes-Josh Allen conversation without ever having, like, the NFL success of Mahomes and Josh Allen. Obviously, Josh Allen really just started having NFL success last year. But Josh Allen, ever since the beginning of last year, is having NFL success, fantasy, everything you can think of, whereas Herbert is still lagging a bit behind because his team is a joke. Um, <laughs> Zach, Zach Wilson, we talked about a little bit with, with um, you know, just being under under. Uh, I can't my I can't think underperforming and Brees Hall underperform underperforming and the Jets still being good despite his underperformance. Uh, the Zappy Mac show, uh, Bill Belichick said that um, was asked, hey, if um, if Mac was healthy, would he have played the whole game? And uh, he said, well, he wasn't healthy, so we don't know the answer to that. Um, and then Justin Fields looking very good. Like that was by far the best I've seen Justin Fields look, look as an NFL quarterback. And it was in a monsoon too. Uh, and then we have Ryan Tannehill who stinks. And Sam Ellinger is the starting quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Matt Ryan. In a best ball superflex league, I traded a second rounder for Matt Ryan this offseason. Oh, no. <laughs> thinking, oh, this guy has job security. So, like, at the very least, like, even if he's not good, he should be fine. Nope, that I'm that's a waste of a second round pick, folks. So, which one of these are you are you taking a stab at first, Dan? Well, I mean, it's gotta be it's gotta be Justin Fields. We we've seen this kind of building as we've as we've gone. Still really no weapons. The offensive line is is atrocious. Um, but Justin Fields is kind of continuing to to build on his small successes, his small wins. The Chicago Bears finally seem like they're willing to actually make plays for Justin Fields. I know, crazy. Calling a run play for Justin Fields, who I don't know if you've noticed, Nathan, is halfway decent at running the football, uh, is finally looking like it's going to start occurring a little bit more. So for me, uh, I, I mean... I've been so wishy-washy on Justin Fields. I loved him coming out. I thought he was he was going to be that guy. And then Chicago, Matt Nagy, the whole bit. Now we're starting to see what I thought we would see, but earlier from Justin Fields. I, I, 
I would love to see them go and grab one of these wide receivers that's available. I know Chase Claypool has been kind of made available. Jerry Judy might be made available. Uh, I, I would love to see them go and get a real wide receiver. No, no offense to Darnell Mooney. I like Darnell Mooney, but he at best is a wide receiver too in an NFL offense and a good one at that. But they need weapons. David Montgomery has been mediocre. Uh, Khalil Herbert has been nice. He's been kind of a surprise. He's helping out of the backfield, whether catching the ball or between the tackles. They just need, I mean, someone that can separate for the love of God. Quit making Justin Fields have to throw everything on, on a, you know, not exactly a rope, but he's throwing darts into hard, tough situations. And it's, it's kind of working. We, we need, we need to see him freed up a little bit more. So for me, Fields is, is on the rise. The Herbert bit, I still don't think he's 100%. I, I, he just he doesn't look like what we've seen. Brandon Staley is garbage. Get him out. Uh, not having Mike Williams healthy or Keenan Allen healthy has not helped. Uh, Austin Eckler is the show there. Zach Wilson is bad. Bring me Joe Flacco. The Ryan Tannehill bit uh, is interesting because the Titans are winning, kind of like how they were winning last year. But Tannehill has not only been bad, he's now hurt. How hurt? I don't know. But and I've never wanted to wish injuries upon anyone before. But I really want to see Malik Willis. I would love to see Malik Willis, even with their limited weapons in Tennessee. I would love to see him alongside Derrick Henry. Uh, if they can get any of their pass catchers healthy and back, that that could potentially be a fun combination. Because who are you going to go after, Malik Willis or Derrick Henry? Who are you going to try to have to watch? You're going to have to spy everybody at all times. And Matt Ryan, when you lead the league in interceptions, you have no job security. Yep. And so, yeah, I think that the other interesting, you know, guys with with this conversation are the the Zappy Mac. So, what are your thoughts on that? I I think that at this stage, the the Patriots have to give Zappy a chance. Well, it, okay, so there's there's a couple of ways to look at this. Either Mac Jones absolutely isn't healthy or Bill Belichick was just trying to save face by saying, well, he's not healthy, so we don't know the answer to that original question. But pulling your young quarterback that had success as a rookie for a new rookie quarterback that sure has had some very, very short term success could be potentially a crushing blow for Mac Jones. and them pulling him if he were healthy makes him untradeable that no one's going to come calling for Mac Jones if he's bad or or injured beyond repair or anything like that so I think Belichick here is trying to save face I think they want to potentially move forward with Bailey Zappi in hopes of getting one of these good quarterbacks coming out uh in the near future and hopefully moving Mac Jones Now, we're going to need Mac healthy, and we're going to need a couple of good, strong starts from Mac. Then there's a potential for a move there. However, uh, I don't think Bailey Zappi's better than Mac Jones. I still think Mac Jones is probably average, but he's an NFL starting quarterback. A good one? Probably not. A fine one? Yes. There's plenty of quarterbacks I would would rather have Mac Jones over. So uh, it's an interesting spot because we never really know what Bill Belichick is going to do next. And this could be one for the ages where we see him go hot hand at quarterback or potentially pulling these guys if somebody's not healthy uh, or they're trying to play through injury or whatever it is. 
it's it's going to be one to follow, I think. Yep, for sure. All right, so let's talk about NFL trade deadline. Is there any uh, any moves that we're looking to see? Obviously, James James Robinson was probably the biggest you know name that we're expecting. Okay, this guy is definitely going to be moved. Any other veterans do you have your eye on as possible moves from a fantasy perspective? Obviously, <laughs> the, the the craziness would be if, if one of the Patriots deal one of their quarterbacks. But that's not going to happen. Yeah, I, I don't see that actually, you know, coming to fruition. It would be fun. It would make for some real chaos. Uh, obviously, the CMC one was was pretty crazy. But as we move forward, I, I think we see, the, you know, more wide receivers continue to move. I mentioned the Claypool and Judy potentially earlier. I think one or both of those guys could be on the move. Uh, obviously, Pittsburgh finding their, their gem in George Pickens and kind of knowing what they have in Deontay Johnson, who has been bad obviously Kenny Pickett being bad and Mitchell Trubisky being worse hasn't exactly helped him but um that you know they they probably have to move on from one of them because I don't think they can afford to keep all three Jerry Judy with the struggles in Denver and that offense being atrocious them already committing to Cortland Sutton with that contract uh that one as tough as it would be kind of seems inevitable as well uh, I would look for one of those guys to go potentially to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, you know, you always want to think like New England's going to be in on one of one of these types of guys, but they're making chicken salad out of chicken crap with Devontae Parker and Tyquan Thornton, uh, Jacoby Myers, just a bunch of has-beens, no names. The, the Patriots continue to do it. Uh, outside of that, you know, uh, there, there's probably going to be more coach firings than legit NFL fantasy trades. But I, I think we'll see a couple of wide receivers moved for sure. Already, that should wrap us up for this week. We will break down some of those trades next week if and when they happen. Make sure to like, rate, review the podcast. Um, leave rate, leave nice ratings and reviews. Say how nice my voice sounds right now and talk about how, how good looking Dan's mustache is as always. Um, and, 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 and it, Thanksgiving's coming up. Uh, Halloween's coming up. You, not, you know, what would be so scary. A great Halloween prank, Dan, if you signed up your friend for a road of his pass with their email and paid for it, like they would be so scared. Like, Whoa, it, 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 very spooky, spooky thing to do to sign your friend up for road of his and pay for it yourself. Talk about a trick and a treat, Nathan. <laughs> RV Radio 2022 Sports Pod, all those fun things. That's you do this week. <laughs> <laughs>